welcome to the apology episode, I think we should call this. And Matt, I'm going to start off with the biggest apology of By all. By the way, what is this we're doing? I can't even remember what it's for. What's it called? <laughs> so my name's Jeff. <laughs> right, and, good to see you again. Uh, and I'm dry. <laughs> and you're Matt, you're wet. This is our podcast. We used to do these and we haven't done one for the last couple of months. And that's my first apology. I've just been so busy. So the last time we met was sort of mid-December. I then, uh, I had to put out a a podcast series for Audible in a stupid time before Christmas. Christmas Day, I was working at at Radio 2. We had a a big commission for a big musicals project on, on BBC One, on Radio 2. So that took a ridiculous amount of time in January. And then next week, in fact, at the time of recording this, it's Saturday morning at seven minutes past 10. So this time next week, I'll be on air on Radio 2 with, with Claudia Winkleman. So it's been really busy, Matt. How's, uh, how's it been for you? I've worn jogging bottoms. That's it. So that's the first apology of this episode. Now, normally... We don't meet the guest on these episodes until about half an hour in. Our guest is with us now, though. Our guest is already on the line. and so we've got pu- about 17 apologies to make to Saudi today. Bear with us as we apologise for many things, because our guest this morning, Sonia, welcome to Wet and Dry podcast. Again. Good morning. Lovely and the reason you. it's again is because we've already recorded this once. And it was about two and a half months ago. And it's now so long ago that none of it makes sense. <laughs> it was, I had to listen to it and everything in it is so out of date. So we've asked you to come back and do it again. And I'm so sorry. That's entirely my fault. However, I don't feel like that's the biggest apology <laughs> we need to make to you. Is it, Matt? <laughs> it, it, it's not. You know what? There's been quite a lot of statements being made recently for different things. I saw Harry and Meghan made one, the Palace made one, some footballers made. I thought I'd do this properly. I've actually prepared with my uh, press department. Can I read out my statement? Absolutely. Okay? For, for everybody listening, you just have to imagine this is on the steps of the High Court. Okay. I think. And, and, and for those listening, I'm looking grave. It's come to my attention that in my past life, with great regret, I made a great error. It has come clear to me that my behaviour, my standards slipped. And for that, I need to make amends. I feel like I let you down, Jeff. I let our listeners down. I let my family down. I let Sonia and everyone at Jump Ship Brewing down. But most of all, I met the world of non-alcoholic drinkers down. So I would like to make a full apology to Sonia for saying that her wonderful beer was not fantastic. Because with, if people listen to my erroneous nonsense, then they would never, ever have tasted Yardarb, which is a award-winning, totally top-quality non-alcoholic lager. And for that, I hope you will forgive me. I am sorry. Oh, is that good enough? Well, consider yourself forgiven. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard you apologise for anything, Matt. So I wrote uh, that. I actually wrote it out and made my kids listen to it to see if it was contrite enough. I am sorry. Shall I just explain that it was the episode where we spoke to Adam, wasn't it, from Sober yes. Source? And he'd sent us a selection box to try on the fly. And I think you were about eight cans into that box. And as you say, 
Not sure you were tasting anything particularly well at that point. Also, and... you had written, it's got on your lager, it's got brewed by Sonia, hasn't it? Which yeah. made me laugh. I thought it was like a character that someone had just put on, like the Hofmeister bear. I didn't realise you were real. Anyway. So I think that's all the apologies done. Can we all be friends now? Yeah, I think I'm happy to take that and move on. You are well and truly forgiven. And I've never been compared to the Hofmeister bear before. <laughs> um, so, Sonia, um, thank you for coming back. Tell us where Jump Ship came from what's behind it I think it it came from the very simple place that I couldn't find the beer that I wanted to drink so um I guess just like many people um finding that alcohol wasn't working so well for me anymore really loved beer used to drink a lot of beer and just the hangovers weren't 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 good um just life was too busy so started looking at alcohol-free beers did dry January in 2018 got the mixed selection box of beers um, and uh, tried them some went great some were okay Um, the one that I liked the most was actually a German beer um, because I started drinking quite a lot of that and then I was like hang on but I'm I live in Edinburgh I used to drink a lot of Scottish craft beer so why am I being forced to drink something different just because I don't want the alcohol anymore and then that kind of idea caught hold of me and wouldn't let me go until I had a go at making it. What's your your background? Because there's often times when I like, eat a burger that I really liked, then it may not be there anymore. But because I'm not a chef, I, I don't, you know, see what I, mean? I don't go and then try and recreate that burger or something else. Were you a brewer? I wasn't. Um, I didn't have any background <laughs> in, in brewing at all. My background is in, in marketing. You can tell that, by the way, because your cans look a thing of beauty. They are oh, very, very nice. And I love the story. In fact, I'm going to come on to that because there's a couple of a couple of quotes from your website I think should be on T-shirts. But we'll come back to that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, I started off at Unilever. So I, I kind of had worked in consumer goods before, um, I love the satisfaction of making something that people then buy and consume. But the brewing was totally new to me. So I went and did a course in startup brewing and got an overview of of how to brew and make beer and had a really clear idea of the type of beer I wanted to make. Um, And I found um, a brewer to work with me on the recipes to get something that we could scale commercially and we just hit it on the first beer. And um, the first brew we did was what became Yardarm. So I had samples, I gave it to friends and everyone was like, this is amazing. And that's what kept me going on the next year's journey to actually get it to market because the beer was just so good. I really wanted people to drink it because it turned out making it 100 litres was very easy. Making 2000 litres was really hard. Um, <laughs> so there were failed batches. They it was really hard going and there was a point at which I was like, should I just stop? But I love that beer and I wanted it to be drunk. How do you go about scaling it up? Cause I would imagine maybe with my lack of knowledge that coming up with a recipe, okay, while difficult to make one can or one glass to your friends may not be the hardest thing in the world or, or, or may, maybe one problem, but, the mass production, did you, did you, how did you find a brewery? Did you buy one? Did you build one? Do you have one now? How, how did that go about? It was, it was really tricky because I wanted to brew in Scotland. That was really important to me. 
I haven't gone into it with my own brewery yet. So um, finding the right brewing partner in Scotland who is willing to take on my really fiddly beer was was difficult and um, sort of worked with a couple of different people before I found a, a brewery that I was happy working with. And uh, yeah, scaling up a recipe is not an exact science. It's like you've got a recipe for an eight inch cake, which you give to one cook in one oven with one set of ingredients. And then you scale it up to a 50 inch cake. You know, just it, it's not a simple process thing. You know, the, the kit is different. The, the whole flavor science behind it is really complicated. So I was very naive at the start, which is why I started this. It's like anything, if you knew how difficult it was going to be, you'd never start mm. just as well. I didn't. Um, you know, I thought it would be as simple as, right, here's the recipe. Let's times that by 10 and <laughs> in your, your mash tun and away we go. And it came out tasting totally different. So um, it, took a, it took a few brews and um, a couple of different places before um, we got the beer that, that I wanted. Can I ask a question about lockdown? Has it been good f- for business? In some ways, yes. I mean, I think like every small business owner last March, I felt like I was looking into the abyss. You know, I had orders lined up to sell into restaurants and pubs and bars and um, it was all going really well and then everything stopped. So for a couple of weeks I was like uh, this is it this is over and then um, just um, saw a massive groundswell of support locally to support local businesses and started selling directly to people just literally loaded up beers into my car loaded the children into my car and started delivering around Edinburgh and had a brilliant response so from that I've grown my own direct sales I've got a web shop um, now shipping nationally and that's that's been amazing and also because I'm connecting with people directly who are drinking my beer enjoying my beer and it's, it's brilliant having that relationship with them also there's some great specialist alcohol-free websites like Dry Drinker and Wise Bartender. Um, I think they've done really well in the last year. And I think because people have been stuck at home, they've been drinking differently. So yes, there's the stories of of people who are drinking too much and drinking heavily. But I think a lot of people have kind of realised that in order to get through this, actually a hangover doesn't help. I think you're right. I think the first lockdown, people were probably drinking a lot because it was kind of this new thing. I think now, and I think for a lot of people, it's been harder on, on the third lockdown, definitely for me, for many reasons. Um, and I think you're right, having having alcohol, having a hangover, having those kind of depressive things from the alcohol m- makes it tougher, makes it harder. Um, and I generally think non-alcoholic beers and wines or whatever it may be really are showing what a place they have because you can still enjoy a drink and not have that bad side effect because being hungover or depressed in the morning when this is all going on isn't a place to be um it really isn't and and yet you don't always want to not have that beer at night you know if someone had told me now now i'm saying to jeff i haven't had a drink since christmas day it's now february but circumstances do change things by the way i'm not going dry i will be back in the pub but just want to put that out there that as well but it does feel like non-alcoholic beer was starting to have its time anyway yeah and then you've got this lockdown has changed people's habits as well and the two have sort of collided into this sort of opportunity a a new space for for non-alcoholic drinks which personally having been sat inside that bubble during it has, has been really fascinating to see and then 
you know, as we sit here today, it's sort of the first weekend of Lent, having only just finished dry January. <laughs> Do you feel like there are more opportunities now for people to discover non-alcoholic beers? Absolutely, absolutely. What I'm really interested is what's going to happen when the pubs open again and people go back out. My hunch is that people who've got used to drinking non-alcoholic beer, what we're craving is social company and being with people. It's not necessarily alcohol. Um, so so whether people are going to come back to the pubs and be looking for, for more choices um, and be more demanding on quality than they might have been a year ago when it was just a dusty bottle of Bex Blue at the bottom of the bar. There was still this negative connotation around non-alcoholic beers because, let's be honest, even five years ago, they were pretty terrible. Mm -hmm. And this has given a lot of people a chance to try one and perhaps find one that they like. We've said on this podcast many a time, people don't need to market non-alcoholic beers to me. I'll try them. Matt is the person you need to market them to because if you can get Matt to try and like a non-alcoholic beer, then you're on. Like Yardarm, I tried and I liked Yardarm. Fantastic! Just put that out there. It's the best non-alcoholic beer there is. Yay! (laughs) I have a business question. I don't think we've done one of these before, but what's the split for you? Do you think long term between sort of on sales and off sales? I don't Um... even know what on sale and off sales mean. In a pub, not in a pub. Why don't you just say that then? <laughs> yeah. Trying to be all clever. On sales and off sale. <laughs> Obviously, um, I only had three months of business before we hit lockdown. I'd say the um, off trade's going to continue to be strongest for the next year or so. But I think the on trade's coming on. I think I think there's lots of opportunities in, in restaurants because actually that's when you want a non-alcoholic drink to go with food, that's quite a specific taste requirement that that's needed and uh and and I think if you're if you if you're going out for a really nice meal you really don't want that spoilt by a poor quality non-alcoholic drink and I think the other thing that's going to change is draft non-alcoholic beer I think the appetite for that is going to to grow strongly and grow quickly has to be done Bristol before lock pre-lockdown had um was was mandating that one there should be one tap in a pub that was non-alcoholic beer and I think that that's going to take on not 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 as a mandatory point of view but just that people will expect that well Matt you were saying before Christmas you you'd taken to buying sort of two bottles of Bex Blue and pouring them into a pint glass yourself well for me for me it's a holy grail having it on tap so I you know I like an afternoon session with it every now and then it's what I quite enjoy doing and couple of times I've had things to get up for in the morning. So I can say I've, I've substituted in some non-alcoholic, but sometimes I don't want to come back with my one little bottle. I want to feel like everyone else with a pint. So I kind of did the whole look through the window while I put my two bottles into a pint glass. Oh, look, I've got it. And I felt ridiculous. But if I could have gone to the bar and said two pints of this and I'll have one pint of the non-alcoholic, came back with three pints, sat down, no one would have known. I would have been happy. It's the holy grail of where non-alcoholic beer has to get to. It's just a beer with no, it's still a beer. And that's why I think you have to market it to people like me, not just people who don't drink anymore. You can have a beer with 7% and you can have a beer with 0%. Same thing, just different percentage. And that's where I've changed. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm going to go and hit myself. (laughs) I was going to say, 
I'm not needed on this podcast anymore. You're doing both parts. <laughs> so I presume, Sonia, somewhere in your uh, distant past, there's a, a sailing heritage, is there? Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've always loved loved sailing. Not been able to do as much of it since we've had kids, but um, it's certainly my my happy place is on the water. And one of the the joys of moving to Scotland was discovering the West Coast, which is just so beautiful. So when it came to coming up for an, a name for for my brewing company, it works because I love sailing and it's, it's it's something I love. But also that kind of concept of jumping ship. Um, I wanted something that would be an invitation to like come on, give this a go. Um, I'd certainly jump ship from everything that I knew to start this business, and it's just like, well, if, if things aren't working for you if alcohol's not working for you just jump ship you know don't be frightened make a change it's all right yard arms the one that that we first tasted it, it's actually it's the only one i've tasted you've tasted another jump ship haven't you matt i've had the fly is it flying color flying colors yeah that's the the pale ale we've got out there what did you think of it i like the flying color a lot but it's really nice i do like a pale ale though as well so so mm-hmm. it's up my street which one won the award because you it won scottish arms. non-alcoholic beer of the year didn't you Yes, yes, it was the it was the the no and low category. So it's actually competing against beers up to three percent. That was brilliant. That was um, I really really wanted that one, and uh, yeah. So we are an award winning brewery with the best fantastic low and low beer in Scotland. And there are more to come. Yes, so um, working on uh, a new beer at the moment, which I hope to have ready in a couple of months. And yeah, there, there's loads loads more brewing to be done and experimentation so one of the things that lockdown was hard for me because I, I work with you know a smaller brewer is just actually getting in and, and brewing the beer has been tricky so as things open up I think there's more opportunity to experiment and, and get get new beers out there so, so before you go as well there are two things from your website which I think you should have t-shirts on yeah the first one is there needs to be a limited edition well-designed t-shirt with a quote I love beer I love sailing. I don't like hangovers. That's got to be the first one. And the second one, this is basically my view on life. When you say the finest champagne couldn't be the flavor of a freshly pulled pint. That's my view on life. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. This no, is perfect. First pint poured in the changing room. I won't disclose what age I was, um, <laughs> but it was like my coming of age moment. That's when I became a woman. <laughs> it's funny because when people, when I try to explain how much I like going to a pub and having a pint, that's kind of what I try to get across. I was like, I don't want a champagne. For me, that pulled pint, whatever it is in a pub with people is what I'm looking for. And on a serious note, I think when you get that pulled pint can be a non-alcoholic pint as well. That's when you've won. That's when you're finally where you need to be. Yeah. I do believe it's getting closer. Yeah, it's, it's a really exciting time. I mean, January was amazing this year. You know, Beaver Town, Tiny Rebel, Northern Monk, all bringing out alcohol-free beers. Who'd have thought that a year ago? Mm. Um, it's really that the category is just exploding and it's, it's a brilliant place to be. Jeff, Jeff says it's all down to him. i mean it's either that or a big coincidence um it's a big coincidence um can i ask uh, matt touched on it earlier about how much better we think non-alcoholic beer is at marketing at the moment and i don't know whether that's a necessity to some extent how hard do you have to market alcoholic beer sells itself i think but certainly you know we were really impressed when we got a box of lucky saint actually that that was a beautifully packaged delivery 
we spoke to a woman who'd created the tequila, Mockingbird tequila. And again, yeah. that was just beautifully marketed. You've got a marketing background as well. We, we've, as we've already said, the yardarm can is a thing of beauty. Do you think that's just a coincidence or is there this real need to invest in marketing, get it out to people and spread the word? I think so, because it, there's still quite um, a strong element, I guess, behaviour change is maybe the wrong thing, but it's it's, it's still a new category. Um, people, I mean, it's moving on, but there is still that hesitation about trying an, a non-alcoholic drink. And for me, it was about delivering the whole experience you'd expect from a craft beer. So having a beer that tastes amazing, having a, a, a can that looks amazing, having something in your hand that you're going to want to talk about and share with people. So I think the branding and, and the marketing of it is is really important because you've got to work harder to get people to consider your beer and, and, and to take a sip of it. So I think you need a you need the whole package to, to move forwards in, in this in this category before you go if you're at home now and you clearly want to have a uh, one of your your lagers uh, uh, the uh, yard arm or the flying color how would i how would joe sat at home on his own get one today you can order direct from our website which is uh, jumpship.beer and you can also order from dry drinker, wise bartender, and we're popping up in more local independent bottle shops around the country through our distributors, which is which is great. And finally, Sonia, I feel this is only fair as Matt, you know, jumped to a hasty conclusion on your beer all those months ago. But would you like to review Matt's performance on this interview? <laughs> um, for the level of discomfort and contrition he showed at the start, I'll give him 10 out of 10. <laughs> Love you, Sonia. I love you. I love your beer. I love everything about it. Thank you. <laughs> Fabulous. We'll see you soon. Take care. Great. Great to see Thank you, Thank you, Sonia. Bye-bye. Bye. Sonia's lovely, isn't she? I love Sonia. Sonia's, Sonia's up there with my favourite all-time guest. <laughs> I was There's... shitting myself, though, when we came on, especially after upsetting her the last time. And then recording it and having to record it again. I couldn't sleep last night. Is it fair to say that you've sent me at least two texts a week saying, when is the next episode going up? <laughs> well, I mean, it's fair to say that I've sent you about five. I've never, I feel like a lovesick teenager chasing after the girl that doesn't want you anymore. I mean, the number of texts and WhatsApp to you and not getting it back while you're messing around with Claudia Winkleman, and Michael Ball and... <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else who happens to be famous at the moment? But there we go. We got there eventually. Can I address one question that we've both been asked a fair amount since Christmas? Mm -hmm. And this relates to the fact that halfway through January we passed my anniversary. We passed the date that this experimental year was due to finish. You mean because of your lack of care to our? podcast we passed the whole raison d'etre that the podcaster podcast had well in my defense my actual birthday which was the anniversary i had in my calendar for the day at five o'clock stop and have dinner with family <laughs> that's how busy i was even on my birthday so so but it does bring her to a serious point well the this... big question i keep getting asked is what's going to happen next both in terms of me mostly though they just want to know what's happening to the podcast okay so two things first up i do think that we need to address your year this started out of an experiment both of your 
non-drinking, how that was and how it affected friendship. And it kind of grew. I have an idea. Can I run it past you? Go on. <laughs> I'm always nervous I... when you run an idea live. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to do an Andrew Neil, Andrew Marr, any of the other like, hard-hitting interview. Me interviewing you about the year, what you've learned, what's going on, how it is. Really get to the crux of it. I'd also like to offer any of our listeners to email in with questions they want to ask. Maybe we'll get some of the old guests to record some questions. Too. Okay. But that's what I want to do. I feel like that could get to the bottom of this. Well, if you have got a question, send it in via the website, wetanddrypodcast.com. And the second thing for me, I think we've only just started to touch. Oh, the I completely again. agree. I completely agree. And do you know what? A, there's so many people I want to speak to. And the people that we've got lined up to come on and speak yeah. to. I really want to speak to Lucky Saint. We've spoken to them. They want to come on the podcast. We just haven't had time to do it yet. Um, I really want to go back to, is it the Yarder Collective? Yeah. I want to go when they open their thing and I want to see what it's like there. Should we do an outside broadcast? I'd though? love it. If they would let us on, if you guys are listening, I would love to come up there when you get going and do an outside broadcast like Radio One. I also, I mean, I really enjoy the community there. You know, the non-alcoholic explorer guy on Twitter who's really kind of taking the, the, the baton and running with it. There's so much I'd like to see. So, yeah, I'd like to keep it going. Also, we haven't had on uh, your mate yet, have we? Haven't had what? We haven't had Guy Ritchie on yet. Yeah, guys, Guy, I mean, I've, been, I've been over Christmas. I've been chatting to Guy a lot um, and his people. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just working out diaries. That's difficult in these times. These times are difficult, but, you know, I'm hoping that 2021 will be Guy. But the second part of that is I don't feel like we've had the experiment yet because, let's face it, 2020 went completely tits up. When you think back to the questions we asked in that very first episode, will I still get invited out? Well, no one's bloody been out. Mm. So right. I, I just haven't, you know, how does it feel to go on a, a night out where everybody's on an absolute session and you're not drinking? I don't know. We haven't done it yet. You know, and, you how, know, we talked how do you about, go we, through that Christmas party season? There wasn't one. And we also talked about, will people want to move away from you? Will you find yourself be talking to the only person not drinking where everyone else kind of keeps away from boring sober Jeff? The fact being is, when you sat down in a, in a pub, when it was open, you had to sit in the same seat anyway. So that was it. There was there was no moving away from you. If I was next to you at the start, I was bloody stuck with you. So there's, there's so many questions. There's so many things. And also, I think the whole question of non and low alcohol drinking, even in the 12 months since we started this, it's a completely different prospect. There just oh. weren't. And, and Sonia mentioned it earlier, the likes of Beaver Town launching a non-alcoholic beer. That would have been a ridiculous suggestion a year ago. Everything is changing in this space and there's a lot to talk about. So if I can I ask one more question, Jeff? Go on. You're good at stuff like this, so I'm gonna swing it over to you. This is what normally happens in our relationship. I come up with something ridiculous, say I want to do it, I ask you and you work away, we can do it. Yeah. So I'm gonna keep on those lines. I want to start a campaign. I want when I die, and who knows when that will be. I want that, I want to have something I left behind. And we kind of touched on it, but alcohol free on tap. How do we get that campaign going and, and, and get a win? What I want to do in this, uh, this series of, of Wet and Dry is get a brewery of some type to agree we are going to do AF on tap 
in all our pubs. And I feel like I'll achieve something. Let's start the committee here and now, you and I. But I agree, everything would change if I could order a pint of non-alcoholic beer in any pub that I went into. It's really strange. I keep having moments where you think you've gone forwards and then you notice you've gone backwards. And I was in the Marks and Spencers on Oxford Street the other day and looking at their kind of long selection of beers. And obviously Marks and Spencers is a slightly weird one because they don't do a lot of brands. But, you know, there are, there are recognisable beers in those fridges. And I found a non-alcoholic cider and I couldn't find a non-alcoholic beer in those fridges anywhere. Now, I'm not saying there definitely isn't one, but I stood and studied every <laughs> shelf of that fridge. Um, and if there is one, apologies to Marks and Spencers, this being the apology episode. But I couldn't find one. And there are still pockets where you go, this hasn't yet been communicated completely. Yeah. We so still have work to do, Jeff. The crusade continues. <laughs> so okay. what else do we need to quickly catch up on? Yes, my anniversary passed. Cr- no, dry I, January. no, I didn't have a bender off the back of it. That's the question I keep getting asked. I've had one half glass of wine since this experiment finished. And that was a celebration on some good news. Dry January was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? You had, you had two things. People going, I'm going to do dry January. Lockdown started, everyone gave up. And then to a man, everybody tweeted the joke, I think I'm going to join in with Dry January now, about three hours before it ended. I did Dry January by mistake. (laughs) (laughs) So, as you know, I don't drink when I'm at home because all my drinking is is social drinking, which before has never really been an issue because I go out so much. And I used to love a January drink, as you know, no amateurs in the pub. It's only a hardened professionals. No one willy-nillying at the bar, not knowing how to order, not waiting their turn, making half a pint last all day. It was your proper people in the pub. I love the January in the pub. So it's never been an issue. I got to about 28, and my missus says to me, oh, what the date is? I had no idea. And she's like, you're about to do dry January. And I was like, am I? And, and henceforth, by sheer mistake, I did dry January. Well, and unless things improve massively, you'll have done the whole of Lent too. So it's... Well, I've not had a drink in February either. So I will continue and I won't say much more than that because I'm sure there'll be questions in the in the next episode. So please, please send your questions in uh, to the website. Uh, a few of you followers on Twitter could DM us. Get the questions in so I can grill Jeff in an Andrew Neil aggressive manner on the next episode. Fabulous. I'll prepare my views on Brexit as well then. Uh, and <laughs> and I guess the last thing uh, that we have to address is whether our World Cup of, of AF will actually be finished before the next World Cup. <laughs> it's um, the longest World Cup ever. Imagine if it was in football. They went there in like the last season. They may finish two seasons. You know, people have is, retired. This is like an NBA season. I should say there is an update. And you're about to hear it because between Christmas and New Year, behind the bike sheds, we didn't have a lot of time, but we did meet up locally. It was it was that time when you really weren't allowed to go out and, and meet other people, and and this lockdown was still quite new. It was the Christmas lockdown. Everybody was at home because it was Christmas and the parks were absolutely chocker. And there was no way we could even do it in the park. So the only quiet outdoor space we could find was a patch of grass behind a local bike shed. 
mean, we literally, you're not, you're not exaggerating. We were behind a bike shed by a skip, a building skip. So we'll leave you for this episode <laughs> with a few matches from the World Cup of AF and, excitingly, the draw for the second round. First of all, let me update you on some matches that weren't broadcast live. Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime, yeah, no one saw them. Uh, <laughs> so, this is my best Jeff Stelling impression. I don't know. Infinite Session Craft Lager beat Stella Artois yeah. alcohol-free. Unlimited Lager beat Bira Moretti Surprise, Zero. Surprise, I put that one through. Bira Moretti Zero, I, I would say, is one of the better sort of big brand non-alcoholic beers. And uh, first chop, yes knocked out St Peter's Gold. So, Infinite Session Craft Lager, Unlimited Lager and First Chop. Yes, join Aldi Lowdown, Doom Bar Zero, Big Drop Uptown and Infinite Session IPA in the second round. We'll do the draw for the second round at the end of this episode, but we need to put a few more beers through. So, we're going to stop recording because we've got five of these to do and I wouldn't for one second put you through 20 minutes of us just drinking. Uh, so we'll <laughs> do the taste the test. Shed. We'll do the taste test and then we'll get back oh. to you and we'll oh. announce the results. Let's do it. So my observation is that when you've had 10 beers around the back of a bike shed, you smell the same as you do on a normal night. <laughs> There is a definite whiff of being at the pub about us now. And I feel just because I've had pretty much 10 lagers or beers or whatever they are, my head is telling me that I'm 15 again right in the back of the bike shed and hammered. But, uh, I, I have to take a photograph of this scene down here because it is just a selection of bottles and cans, most of which have had a couple of mouthfuls. Can I tell you what's really odd? The fact is that because you know we're near your house and... I've just had a load of lagers. I'm going to have some more, some beers. Um, I'm now going to jump in the car and drive home. And I feel like I shouldn't, even though, you know, I've, I've not had even 0.5% of alcohol. But it is weird how that, that interacts with you. But this is a big one, isn't it? So let me run these through some results, because that was really oh. interesting. Um, I'm not going to necessarily do these in the order that you judged them. Match 14, Big Drop Pine Trail versus Lucky Saint. Easy winner, you said. Oh, easy. Lucky Saint. Loved it. Love the lucky saint. Um, so that's good. That's at least one of our future guests who you haven't offended. <laughs> then match 13. And this was... Uh, and, and for regular listeners, you'll have heard, these came out of a draw. This was, this was luck of the draw. But these are two beers that were both recommended by friends of mine. Uh, so Force Majeure versus Nirvana Hell's Lager. And you said, I love this. That's quality. That might be the best one I've had so far mm. for... The Nirvana Hells. Nirvana Hells. Well, I'm, I'm saying that's the best non-alcoholic beer I've had so far. It's one I've enjoyed the most. Good news is um, I've got your gift for Christmas, which is a, a, a box set of Nirvana Hells. So that worked. That was match 13. Now, literally, the match before that had been the Swimmer's Saison, which I'm guessing you've never heard of before, never. and the Thornbridge 05, which is the sort of go-to standard non-alcoholic beer at our local and I was quite surprised by this because I've had the swimmer's saison and I've got two or three variations on it that one's definitely my favorite 
thoroughly enjoyed. I thought it was a really cracking beer. In fact, and I had it before I had the Nirvana Hells, and it was my favourite beer at that point, and it just got pipped <laughs> by Nirvana Hells afterwards. Of those three matches, Lucky Saint, Nirvana Hells, and Swimmer's Saison going through to the next round. Easy victories. Three really, really crackingly good AF beers. And I think at this point, worth saying, three beers I think you'd be happy to drink. Yes. Before we get to the fourth match, this is a question that occurred to me earlier today. We've talked a lot about the fact that you don't drink at home and that dates from probably a decade or so ago when you'd be drinking quite heavily during the week and you had to have a place where you didn't drink. Mm -hmm. Would you open a bottle of that in front of the telly at home? It's a difficult one. Oh, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I can't say for definite, but yes, maybe. Yes, I would, I think. I think I would. Okay, and that brings us to the final match for now. You really struggled with this one, and I think you changed your mind three or four Mm. times. And the match was Brewdog Punk AF, which for my money is the best of the Brewdog stable, versus... Heineken Zero, Formula One's favourite. You know what? I knew it was Heineken as soon as I drank it. You know, I tend to drink lagers a lot more than than anything else. And I think they've got the Heineken taste quite close to what Heineken is. Having said that, I would never choose a pint of Heineken if I was going to the pub, ever. I wouldn't drink Heineken. And I guess a little bit of me was being a bit snobby and thinking, no, I'll choose the other one because it, it shows I'm more... You know, I've got a better taste. I like the brewing process a bit more. I think at that point you had a flashback to put in Doombar through and you thought, I can't make this mistake again. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? I've got to go with what? I've got to be true to myself, Jeffrey. And I was, it was Heineken Zero. But that's the point of this. The point of this is that you are a beer drinker. And if we can narrow this down to the beers that actually you would want to drink, then... That's the next step, because the beers I want to drink, you know, plenty of people have written about what the best non-alcoholic beers are yeah. out there, and I'm, I'm happy to keep sharing my opinion on it. But actually, to a proper beer drinker, which of these appeal? That's the point of this. And I think there's, I think even within that selection of eight beers that we've just talked about there, you've got Heineken Zero, which is a, an everyday beer. Mm-hmm. But you've also got things like that Swimmer's Saison, the Nirvana Hell's, those are really nice occasion beers. Yeah, definitely. Like you say, I think, I think there's a good selection there that people who are beer drinkers like me, who like going out, would substitute in when they're out on the lash. Or not even out on the lash, just out on a night out and enjoy them. And that's where it needs to get to. I kind of want this to be an alcohol drinker's guide to non-alcoholic beers, in a way. That's what I want it to be. So when you say, look, guys, you don't have to give up drinking, but maybe in January or February, uh, and if you say, well, I'm only going to have three pints when I go out and I normally drink six pints the other three could be these or at their dinner party I'm going to have three bottles of beer one glass of wine and the other two will be these and what's the best ones for me to substitute in I think that's what they need so Heineken Zero Swimmer's Saison Nirvana Hell's Lager and Lucky Saint all going through to the second round of the World Cup of AF we'll save the final match which is our little low profile against the jump ship yard arm. I bought two the other day, enjoyed them at home with a cotton chips. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We've got to leave those till later. We've heard earlier in this episode what happened last time you taste a yardarm. You've mentioned yardarm walked away with gold at the Scottish Beer Awards this year. This is your real chance for redemption. Can I just say, I think Sonia is not only intelligent, but attractive, inspirational, a brilliant business person, a great brewer, all those things. Can I just put that on record before I do this? Yeah, Ben Stokes... And Steve Smith, they had their Ashes redemptions last summer. For you, this is very much the same, I think. This is your chance to prove yourself. I had them at home with, like I say, with with fish and chips, and I enjoyed them. It's going to be in my head. This isn't fair. You've also, I I should also mention, you also bought some Yardarm recently, didn't you? You've also had drunk quite a bit of that. Yes, 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 lots. So, I think this tasting, we need to happen live. I think the proof needs to be recorded on this one. Avert your gaze. Okay, that's, that's, I mean, that's a good beer. Jeff, that's a strong beer. That's the first one, let's go to the second. I don't think I've been more nervous at any point this year. Have you seen how long I'm spending on smelling these and I'm ready. You've tasted both. There's only a place for one of them in the second round. One of these two is going home disappointed now, so. Beer number one, what did you think of it? Beer number one was good. It was a strong beer. I enjoyed it thoroughly, I have to say. I'd buy it, I'd drink it. And beer number two? And beer number one was a good drink. But beer number two seems to me to be gold! Oh, that seems to be a gold-winning beer. If I've got this wrong, I'm going to look like a right dick. But I enjoyed the second one more than the first one. Only just, is it a gold-winning beer? What have I put through? Should we save it for the next episode? (laughs) (laughs) i tell you what we do. We're about to do the draw for the next round of the World Cup of AF. Okay. I think when this one comes out of the hat, that's when I'm going to tell you who's through. (laughs) So now we cross over to uh, Matt and Jeff for the second (laughs) round draw of the World Cup of AF. Uh, Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, you join us here at the back of the bike sheds as we have eight matches in the second round draw. Already through to the second round, Aldi Lowdown, Doom Bar Zero, Infinite Session Craft IPA, Unlimited Lager. Still in the draw, Bex Blue and San Miguel, who yet to face off against each other, and Brooklyn Special Effects, who will play Piston Head Flat Tire. Big Drop Uptown are in the draw as a Heineken Zero, Swimmer's Saison, Infinite Session IPA, First Chop Yes, Nirvana Hell's Lager, Lucky Saint, and two other matches yet to be played from the first round, Coast Centennial IPA or Freedom, and Estrella Galicia Zero or Peroni Libra. You'll have noticed I missed out match number nine, which was Jump Ship Yardarm <laughs> versus Aldi Low Profile. We'll announce the winner of that when match number nine comes out of the draw so let's have uh, match number one the home team please the home team number 13 nirvana hells will play number three infinite session craft ipa number 12 jeff 
first chop, yes. Plays number eight. We'll play Heineken Zero. Number 15. Either Coast Centennial IPA or Freedom. Plays number 11. We'll play Infinite Session IPA. <laughs> and I am doing this properly, I promise you. Number two. Doom Bar Zero. Plays number 10. Plays Swimmer's Saison. Number 16. Either Estrella Galicia Zero or Peroni Libra. Oh, I thought it was, but it's like number six. <laughs> we'll play Brooklyn Special Effects or Piston Head Flat Tire. Jeff, the home team is number seven. <laughs> Big Drop Uptown. And it plays number 14. <laughs> Against Lucky Saint. Into the penultimate match here, match number seven. Number one. Is Aldi Lowdown. Plays. Could it be Aldi Low Profile? We'll find out. Could this be an all Aldi match? <laughs> Number four. Plays Unlimited Lager. That's unbelievable. Is this the last match? I have done this. There should, there should only be two left in there. So, match eight, the home team. Number five. <laughs> I've done this. Could have worked with So, Play. either a Bex Blue or San Miguel will play the winner <laughs> number of match number it? nine. Please, the last drink in round two of the World Cup of AF is, is Jump Ship Yard. See Sonia, see we're back friends. <laughs> So that is the full draw. So let me read out. Oh, I've never felt happier in all my life, ever. <laughs> let me read out the full draw for the second round of the World Cup of AF. In match number one, Nirvana Hells, I think your favourite from the yeah, first round yeah, so favorite, far, will play Infinite Session Craft IPA. In match number two, first chop, yes, will play Heineken Zero. In match number three, Either Coast Centennial IPA or Freedom will play Infinite Session IPA. In match number four, Doom Bar Zero, Ooh. a controversial choice, let's be honest, will play Swimmer's Saison. Come your, on the Cornwall! Your other favourite <laughs> so far. Match number five is either Estrella Galicia Zero, who are yet to play Peroni Libra, will play number six, Brooklyn Special Effects or Piston Head Flat Tire. Both okay. those matches yet to be played. Match number six is Big Drop Uptown against Lucky Saint. Match number seven is Aldi's Lowdown against Unlimited Lager. And the You're final match is either <laughs> Bex Blue or San Miguel Zero. Is that a Prime, an Amazon Prime match? <laughs> against, yeah, as we've said. Jump ship yard arm. Well done, the yard arm. Well done. So it's the getting interesting. It's getting it interesting actually now because there's some big hitters from the first round that you really liked mm. playing against each other mm. in that second round. So we'll do those in the next episode. I think we'll try and get through a lot of those. I think we'd better go inside because it is absolutely I am freezing. Freezing. All right. In which case, I uh, mean, which beer do you want to pick for cheers? <laughs> there's Thirteen or so down there. there. Are you where's Sonia's? Sonia's is in a can, Sonia. but are you going to cheers with Sonia. that? I'm cheersing with Sonia. Okay, here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Mm.